This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions. Because it's time to dish the dirt. On the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. And the sous chef gardened, Frank Proctor. Good morning, Charlie. And good morning, Franklin. What a sparkling day out there. Truly. I can, I can just imagine right now people are so torn. I want to stay and listen to the radio, but I've got to get out there and... No, no. Stay inside for just one more hour, and then we'll let you free. Or crank the radio up loud. Take it outside with That's you. That's right. Oh, I've got a shout-out. Oh, of uh, course. shout-out. I've got a shout-out. <laughs> what else? What's new? <laughs> Peter and Heather McCowan mm-hmm. of Ballantrae. Hello and good morning. And Heather, she's too chicken to call in. She uh. says, I always want to call, but I'm a little afraid. I, don't be afraid. Charlie is really very nice most of the time. Mm. And you can, <laughs> To most people. To most people. Yeah. No, but honestly... Uh, those of you who And you said are, they have a lovely place. Oh, my God. It's Phenomenal gorgeous. garden, yeah, Shirley was the saying. The backyard is just wow. incredible. Yeah, absolutely beautiful. So, Peter and Heather, thank you for tuning our way. They listen all the time. Good and, stuff. And uh, I've got to say hi to sensational Sebastian, mm-hmm. who is our control master uh, today. And uh, those phone numbers that uh, for people like Heather are going to say, yeah, I'm going to first time call, okay? <laughs> In Toronto, 416-360-0740. And then anywhere else in the province, it is toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. Zoomer Radio here. So and, I love that, first-time call, yeah. as opposed to, like, call for the first time. Yes, exactly, mm. first-time call. Got it. All right, a couple of things to <laughs> mention yes. before we go to any of our callers, because there yeah. is a lot of events going on. Oh, yeah. Today, the New Market Garden Club is holding their annual plant sale. It's, oh, not today, my mistake, tomorrow. Annual plant sale, New Market Garden Club, 1 p.m. sharp. No, it can't be 1 p.m. It's probably <laughs> 11 to 1. I seem to have lost. Oh, dear. <laughs> Okay, well, my, uh, tomorrow, New Market Garden Club. First come, first serve. You might as well just go really early. I don't know when it starts. 200 Doug Duncan Drive in New Market. Stop laughing. That's Welcome my, to Zoomer Radio. We're on top of everything. My, my first announcement's a bit lame. Sorry about that. I think the next one's better. Also tomorrow, the Hamilton and Burlington Rose Society. Would you stop laughing? <laughs> Oh, we're going to have a giggle fest, I can tell. <laughs> we won't be able to stop. All right, oh, Hamilton, dear. Burlington, Rose Society, they're meeting tomorrow, 2 p.m. I've got a time on that one. Yeah. The, at the RBG oh. Center, which is, of course, located at 680 Plains Road West in Burlington, in rooms 3 and 4. Everyone, of course, is welcome to attend. No entrance or parking fees. June 8th, the Agent Court Garden Club is having a meeting, and the topic is bees from Pondview Winery. Knox United Christian Educational Center is where they meet, 2575 Midland Avenue at Shepherd. Club is geared for novice, regular, and expert gardeners. 
and um, and they love all kinds of guests. So just go on down. They're really nice people. Uh, there's also entries for a friendly flower and veggie competition in 40 different categories. Wow, that's huge. So there's going to be a very big uh, flower and veggie competition as well. Uh, what else? Burlington Hort Society General Meeting and Flower Show held Wednesday, June 10th at 7.30 p.m. in the Burlington Senior Center, 2285 New Street at Drury Lane. Speaker is Kevin Beagle of Weir's Lane Lavender and Apiary. Lots going on in the bees, it sounds like. And this is a strawberry social. Have you ever been to a strawberry social? No, I don't think I ever have. Yeah, it's, it's where you get real social and you eat strawberries. <laughs> <laughs> it's really sweet. Why, hence the name. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> Clever devil. And if you wanted to go to your first strawberry social, you are welcome at oh, the Burlington Hort Society general meeting. There you go. Strawberry social going. Wednesday, June 10th. Uh, all right. So, okay. This is um, June 13th. Well, we can hold that one for now. But just hold, know that the weekend of June 13th and 14th, there's a bunch of amazing things going on. And one of the big things is the Toronto Botanical Gardens Through the Garden Gate Tour. Oh, yes. And that's their yeah. 28th annual tour. So, so we will pr- be promoting that in future shows for yeah, sure. we will. But, but you know what? Um, yeah. I'm praying for rain. It's just been so dry in the gardens. Oh, wow, yeah. It's just a killer. Um, so I, from the OMAFRA, which is Ontario Ministry of Agriculture, Food and Rural Affairs, they have a nursery crop website, and it starts out, holy cow, it's dry out there. <laughs> <laughs> Lawns look like, like they're starting to go dormant. Newly planted trees and shrubs are really starting to suffer. And then this a blog, basically, and then she writes, I've got American goldfinches trying to drink from my hummingbird feeder. Oh, boy. And my colleague, this is in Guelph, said he was watering some plants in his garden, and a hummingbird came along and drank from the stream of water in mid-flight. Oh. Wouldn't... It's that dry. So, you know, yep, yep. newly planted things have to be watered, keep your bird baths filled, and... Certainly look after the hummingbirds. All right. And sometime during the show, we can't do it now. We're running a little bit over time here for our first commercial uh, break. Mm -hmm. Uh, I heard a rumor about you taking a YMT tour. That's correct. January 6th. And you're going, it's Hawaii Four Island Agricultural Tour. That's right, for 13 days. Man, okay. Hold it right there. Just savor that, folks, I'm and we'll get to the I'm just grinning when I say that. You well, see yeah. That? Yeah, that's smile. marvelous. It's okay. going to be a lot of fun. Very good. Okay. We've got to take a little break, a break now, and the sensational Sebastian already to push that button. <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to come back and talk to, indeed, a first-time caller here on The Garden Show from Zuma Radio. AM 740. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than we do realize. And should little creatures become a big problem? Well, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. Yes, indeed. Franklin Proctor along with Charlie. All set to welcome first-time caller from Mississauga, Lynn. There you are. Welcome to the show, Lynn. Oh hi, uh, Frank and Charlie. Hi there. Uh, I have a, um, I have this plant I bought at uh, a, gar- a garden um, store. Mm-hmm. It's called Cuphea, C U P H E A. And I wondered whether it was a perennial or an annual. I wanted to make sure I could keep it, you know, living from one year to the next. And it didn't tell me that. It has tiny uh, purple flowers and has. Tiny shiny leaves, just similar to a boxwood leaf, actually. 
Mm, that sounds very nice. And uh, I don't have a computer to check out anything about it. Okay, so I think what you have, there are many kufias, like hundreds. Oh. I think the one you have is, if it's got little purple leaves and shiny leaves, it um, is likely something we refer to as Mexican false heather or just false heather. Uh, and um, no, it is not. it would not be perennial in our world. If you lived in Florida, it would be perennial outside, but here it would only be, you leave it outside in the summer and bring it in for the winter. Okay. Okay, lots of sun. Yeah, and then I could cut it back then if it got too big, you know, to bring in. Oh, yeah, I don't think it'll get, it won't grow like that. Is it a really big plant now? No, no, it's only about maybe um, six, eight inches high. Right, so expect it to double in size this summer, so you may want to move it into a larger pot to help that happen. But as we get towards the end of the summer, late August, uh, I'd be bringing it into the house before we get any too cold of weather. And then uh, if you're going to do some cutting back, do your cutting back next February, March, before it goes out again into the into the outside. Oh, okay. All right. Thank well, you thank you very you. much. Thank you for joining us. And hey, don't thank be a stranger. You. Oh. No, I, I'm a big time listener, but uh, just had a, this is the first time I had something to ask. Well, there, <laughs> okay. well think hard and call again. Okay, thank <laughs> you. Good for Bye. you. Thanks okay, for calling. Okay, Lynn, thank you very much. And here we are in the garden show. Let's see. We are going now to Oakville. There's Earl. Good morning, Earl. I've got weeds in my garden. Can you help me, Charlie Donovan? <laughs> I thought I'd serenade you two this morning. Thank you. But you know what? You're not the only one with weeds in your garden. Yeah, I did use Roundup on a pesticide on them. Uh, I heard it affects the ecosystem, though. Is that no. true? Any of the herbicides will. Well, it'll also affect your soil. Yeah. But what kind of weeds in a vegetable garden or flower garden? Or? No, just in the garden. Uh, actually, it's in the grass. Oh, yeah. You know, not in the, well, not really in the garden. It's on the grass, and I've been using this pesticide on it. And it's been working. It's been doing pretty good, but I, I just don't know about the ecosystem. I, I heard it kills a lot of bugs and stuff like that. Well, which, is it something called weed bug on? called Roundup. Oh, well, but Roundup will kill your grass. Will it really? Oh, yeah. Oh, Roundup is what's called non-selective herbicide. Oh, I see. Uh, so anything green that Roundup touches turns mm-hmm. yellow and dies. Oh, really? And te- technically, by the law, Roundup can only be used for, to control noxious weeds like yeah. poison ivy. Yeah. But not for just regular run-of-the-mill, oh, there's a dandelion. Okay, thank you, sweetheart. Okay. All right. <laughs> I like that, Earl. Call. That was a little country sort of a sound you got going there, you know. <laughs> I got weight in my garden and the grass is starting to harden. Oh, <laughs> goodbye, Earl in Oakville. Oh. <laughs> Thanks for calling, Earl. <laughs> Good Lord. I don't know what yeah, happened there. I just went off the rails, didn't I? Yes, you did. Yes, okay. Oh, you know what? Nothing Here we, we've come already that. to our next little break. And uh, we're coming back. We've got other folks to talk to. Uh, there's Bernice and Scarborough. Uh, we're going to Wyoming. Excellent. In Ontario. Not good. Don't get excited there. Mark's <laughs> waiting online and look at all these folks in just a couple of months. You are listening to The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin here on Zoomer Radio AM 740. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, flocks, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You pick the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden 
Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And uh, the sous chef of the garden sitting right alongside Charlie here at AM 740. Yes, uh, my faithful undergardener. Thank you, thank you. you. (laughs) I'm bowing for those who you can't see me. The faithful part. So Mm. um, have you ever been to Hawaii? No, but I've always wanted to go. Man. Yeah, I've... Uh, okay, so the only time I was ever in Hawaii is when I was conceived. So I was there, <laughs> but I don't remember a lot about it. <laughs> I guess not. <laughs> so this wonderful opportunity has come up where I'm going to lead a tour for 13 days, going to all kinds of cool places, pineapple plantations, coffee plantations, oh, orchid man. nurseries, four different islands and flying when is this? When? January the 6th. Wow. So two weeks and, and four different islands. It's all an itinerary that's been set up through YMT Travel. And uh, it's going to be amazing. So I think you should come. Oh, man. Just win a lottery and you can come. Sure. (laughs) I'll check my Lotto Max numbers from last night. Perfect. Um, We uh, have more about that. Yes, that's right. Yeah, more to come on that. But I just, it's very exciting. Well, yeah. Gee whiz. Son of a gun. She gets everything. Okay. (laughs) Let's go to the phone lines here. Bernice in Scarborough, you're on the line, ready to chat with Charlie. Good morning. Good morning, Frank. Good morning, Charlie. Morning. I have an orchid plant. Mm-hmm. It will be four years old this coming Christmas. Mm-hmm. And every time it blooms, I get less blooms. Mm. I have now noticed that there's another branch coming out from the main stem. Mm-hmm. It looks like it might have something but at the end, but I can't really tell. Mm-hmm. And the roots are coming out out of the top of the pot. Okay, that's fine. They should. They should. Oh, yeah. And do I transplant this orchid or do well, I let it keep growing this way or, or how do I handle this? So four years it's been in the same pot the whole yes. time. <clears throat> is it a plastic pot or what is it? No. It's a clay? Yes, it's clay. Clay, okay. And of course there's bark. It's planted in bark. Yes. Not traditional potting soil. Right. Well, and the roots that you see coming over the surface of the bark, and they'll actually extend right beyond the edge of the pot, that's completely normal. That's exactly the way these orchids grow. Because in the real world of where they're from, the rainforest-type situations, they grow in the crotches of trees and little crevasses in rocks. I mean, they just, seeds fly through the air, land in a little tiny bit of leaf litter, and they grow. So they don't need soil, and they don't need the roots covered. They actually, those roots will absorb uh, nitrogen from the air to some extent. There's a certain Mm. moisture from the air. Those are very important roots to be left on the surface as they are. Transplanting, we only trans, it might be time, because four years is quite a long time in the same pot, but... I, it's a bit of a challenge to transplant orchids. I mean, you need a slightly bigger pot, of course, but you also need fresh orchid bark. Well, do I add any bark to the plant I already have? Is is the uh, bark level below the edge of the pot? Oh, way below. Oh, all right. So, yep, you could definitely add some bark because you do want... The, the pot should be fairly full of bark, and the orchid basically kind of sits on top, and it works its roots in around. And it just provides... The bark provides just a bit of a medium so that the plant stands upright. And, uh, and when the flower spikes start to come up, often these plants will get top-heavy because they will bloom so much. And don't forget things like for orchid fertilizer. Very good idea to use fertilizer when you mentioned fewer flowers uh, yeah. over the years. So, um, yeah, I mean, get yourself some good quality orchid fertilizer. Follow the instructions on that. And when you're watering, we've talked about this before, the best way to water an orchid, because, again, thinking of those roots that are 
on the surface, we immerse the entire pot into yes, I do that. Yeah, a pail of water. And what I'll do is I'll put my fertilizer right into that pail of water and then just keep immersing the plant into the same pail for a, a period of, you know, weeks and months. Mm-hmm. And where do I pick up the fertilizer for the plant? Any, any? Any good garden center. And now, of course, is an optimal time because yeah. even many of the grocery stores are, have a bit of a, a garden center going on. Um, but in Scarborough, I mean, you have a Sheridan Nurseries in Scarborough, and Loblaws has a pretty good uh, setup in terms of their garden uh, materials. So just look for, yeah, uh, and, and should be very specifically orchid fertilizer. Okay, and the bark, should I just sort of push it in the in the pot? Right, well that, yeah, so so what's happening now? So there's a little bit of bark way down at the bottom, and then the orchid is way down, down deep inside the pot? Mm-hmm. No, what I would probably do is I'd probably lift the plant up a tiny bit if you can. Carefully lift it up with a pencil, with your fingers, get some, some bark in underneath, and then gently put the, the orchid back down on top. Okay. Oh. And, and is it normal for a second stem to grow out from the main one? Yeah. Yeah, it is. So never remove a flower stem from an orchid until it's completely brown or black right down to the bottom. Okay. Now, this plant is healthy, you're saying, you would say? Sounds it. Yeah, yeah. sounds fine. Yeah, yep. it's, it's growing. Keep, and it'll keep on blooming until... Ever and ever and ever, if you can keep it alive. But yeah. that's, you will need to fertilize if you want to keep it blooming. Okay. All, All right, Bernice. Thank you so very much. You're very okay. welcome. Okay. Thank Bye-bye. you for joining us, love. All righty. The Garden Show, Zoomer Radio, AM 740. Going to Wyoming now. Yee-haw! Well, it's not quite. Yeah. I know. <laughs> Wyoming, Ontario. Mark. You're doing a real country thing today, uh, aren't I you? I am. I am. <laughs> Frank, Hi, Mark. Good Frank morning. Frank the Cowboy. Good morning, Mark. Good morning, Frank. It's early. How are you guys this morning? Hey, great. Very well, thanks. That's good. Uh, we have about a four-foot-high redbud bush, mm-hmm. and it doesn't look overly well this uh, spring. I would say probably about a third of it has leaves on it. The rest is pretty much dead branches. Mm-hmm. And... Um, we brought it from someone else's house about three years ago, and just wondering, Charlie, if I could just cut that down almost like I would a rose bush, and just see what happens to it. Where, when you say about a third of it is dead, is it the tips that are dead, or is it one whole side? Well, or? you know, it's a bit of a hodgepodge all over. Uh-huh. Some ends have leaves on them, and then mm-hmm. the you know sort of in the middle, there's there's branches without anything on them. It's mm-hmm. the re- leaves are really random all over the place. Yeah, and when you say it's a bush, it's a multi-stemmed plant. Yes, right from the bottom. Yes. Yes, you could cut that down the way we do rosebush, but I wouldn't be too dramatic. You said it's about four feet tall. Yep. Uh, the lowest, like always remember a rule of thumb when you're going to do any pruning, the most we remove at any one time is one third of the plant. Okay. So that means you could take about a foot off. Right. Right. Okay. But when you're doing that, uh, recognize that if there are actual dead branches inside or, you know, aren't part of that one foot that you're taking off, then um, <laughs> Frank, <laughs> Frank's going to take a call. Um, the uh, <laughs> oh, no, he really is taking a call. I can't look at him. Um, all right, so uh, remove deadwood uh, because okay. that dead isn't going to suddenly uh, start growing. Right. Okay. Okay. Yep. And uh, yeah, fertilize. Remember, it's spring. It's the time to fertilize. And I mean, redbud is a lovely plant, but it is a zone six plant. Okay. So, what hardiness zone do you live in in Wyoming? I think we're probably about a seven, but I'm not sure. Oh, okay. All right. Good for you. 
Perfect. Yeah, because I'm not 100%. Where are you, roughly? We're near Sarnia. Oh, yeah, okay. So you're right. You're, yeah, you're probably around the, the, the cusp of seven there. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. So deadwood and, and cut it down, uh, like haircut, sort of cutting it down, fertilize, and you should see a pop of new growth. Okay. Thanks, right. Charlie. Thanks for your call. Yeah, uh, bye-bye. Have a great day. Thanks for calling, Mark. And I'm sorry, but my, I, I forgot to put my phone on mute. Uh-huh. I, I noticed. Guess. We all noticed, it was actually. my son Toby calling me. <laughs> he doesn't <laughs> yes. know you do a radio well, show? Well, yes, but he's tied up with three kids and a dog and a lovely wife, you mm-hmm. know, so there you go. Tie it up. Oof, better yeah. get home and untie him. <laughs> What's going on there? <laughs> Wait. <laughs> no, no, let's not explore Last that. time you took a call on the show, which you really did I know. about a year ago, I know. and it was somebody calling about you had just won a trip to Bermuda, and all yeah, you had to right. do was, you yeah. know, put down a deposit, and you're having this whole conversation. <laughs> on the garden oh, show. Look at that. Look, that sensational Sebastian yeah, is shaking his head in yeah, the next going room, like, like, oh my. How long has this guy been in radio? I know. God's what a sake. professional. I know. <laughs> well, John in Mississauga, mm-hmm. please help me out here. Good morning. Good morning, John. Good morning. Two, two comments first, Charlie and Frank. First of all, uh, happy belated birthday, Frank. Oh, thank you very much. I heard this week, but I couldn't phone because uh, you guys were playing so uh, great music. Well, there you go. <laughs> and uh, the second one, Charlie, you're yep. going to love Hawaii. Oh, God. You're going to love it. I hope so. And I hope you have a... I, I wish I could come with you, too. Never mind, Frank. Well, <laughs> it's not that expensive. It's, all, it's only 3300 American dollars from what, Toronto. What the heck? It's only money. Exactly. Know? We only live once. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, Charlie, I, I read on, on the paper um, a couple of weeks ago or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, obviously, this is regarding uh, fruit spray, Yes. Um, that you make a combination of insecticidal soap, sulfur, and Bordeaux. The thing is that I don't know how much, and, and you know, because right now, my, believe me, this year I'm going to have fruit, <laughs> apples and pears and, 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 and peaches. Peaches are a little bit sick, but, uh, you know, they have a lot of uh, peach gel. Mm. But anyhow, so the question is, how much would I put, for example, in one, in one gallon? Is it one ounce of insecticidal, one ounce of sulfur, one ounce of Bordeaux? Okay, no. So here, let's think this through. Okay. Bordeaux is a powder, and uh-huh. it, if you look at the active ingredient in Bordeaux, it is copper sulfate. Uh-huh. All right, so there's your sulfur. Bordeaux is the original fungicide from way, way back in France when they were growing grapes in Bordeaux, and they had problems with mildews, and they fiddled around and came up with this copper sulfate mixture, which seemed to control the spread of mildew. Mm-hmm. And to this day, Bordeaux, spelled B-O-R-D-O, is a Available as a completely natural, uh, or from natural sources, mm-hmm. uh, fungicide. Mm-hmm. So I, ha- I have it. That right. Means I have so Bordeaux. you pull out that little can-, can of Bordeaux, and it'll say whatever it says. It pr- it's like one teaspoon of the powder in, say, one gallon of water. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, just yeah. making that up. But whatever it says, that's your mix for your Bordeaux. When it comes to soap, remember soap, not detergent. When yeah, 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 no, no, insecticidal soap. It's but, the one from the nursery. Okay, so and if we're making our own, and you buy, say, a concentrate, again, it's a, it'll tell you right on it. It's forty parts water to one part soap, uh, or you've got the pre-mixed soap. So all you do is you take your proper mix of soap and water and your properly diluted. Bordeaux mixture, mixture, spray them separately or mix them together and spray at the same time. Mm-hmm. But uh, do, the, do the mixes separately as per instruction, and then, like I said, put it together into your dial-a-spray gizmo. Okay, so and I don't, so I don't need to put sulfur then. 
Which no, I would not add sulfur on top of the copper sulfate. Nope. It, is, that, is that good for roses too, Charlie? Please? Yep, yep, it is. Now, this has been a very dry year. Oh. So we are not seeing the kinds of, you know, like apple scab and fire blight and mm. certainly black spot and powdery mildew and downy mildew. A lot of those mildews are not growing because those little spores aren't germinating because there's not enough moisture around for them to, for them to grow. Mm-hmm. So it's a very good year in the terms of the, the diseases. But uh, certainly there are some insects that are out and are enjoying all this nice dry heat, like ants are everywhere. Right. And uh, the little sawflies are starting in on the on the roses, as are the aphids. So we've got to stay on top of those as well. Yeah, because my wife yesterday noticed a little bit powder on, on out of five roses on one of them. Oh, really? On one of the bud. Mm. On the bud. Yeah. Hmm. It's white. Yep, yep. And so it could be a little bit of powdery mildew starting. And you're careful to not water your roses late in the day so that they're always, you want dry roses as the sun goes down. Oh, okay. Okay, remember that. Same with your fruit trees. Never allow the foliage to be wet as the sun is going down because that's you do encourage fungal diseases with wet foliage wow. in the dark. That's a good tip, isn't mm-hmm. it, really? Yeah, okay. so water early in the day. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. Thanks for your call. And take care, John. Enjoy, Frankie. Uh, Okay. (laughs) Thank you, buddy. (laughs) Goodbye, John. You know, my lady Shirley has a wonderful ski chalet up in the Georgian Peaks. And uh, this past winter, we've gone up, uh, you know, several times. And we one of the best trips I've ever been on is we go through Cremor and... As you top the hill, you look up and you can see forever it's, mm, it's, into the valley, the oh Beaver Valley. My God, it's unbelievable. Gorgeous. I'm saying this because our next caller is from Cream, ah, or at least nice. that's what it says here. Mm-hmm. Rochelle, uh, verify what I've just said. Isn't that a beautiful view? Yes. Everything <laughs> is beautiful here. There you go. Beautiful. <laughs> Creamore <laughs> Brewery. Pretty good, too. Yeah, yeah. Creamore. Yes. One of our favorite stopping places. Yeah, mine too. <laughs> Anyhow, I'm actually calling about my eastern red bud down in Toronto, mm-hmm. and I've called you about it before. Mm-hmm. And uh, and this year, because I guess of the cold winter, it did not bloom at all. Mm-hmm. So that was my first warning. And the leaf, the leaf cover is quite sparse. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering if a deep root fertilize would be a, a, a solution, one solution. Yeah, that would be a good start. How how old is the tree? Oh, it's only, I mean, I've only had it for five years. Mm, and but it, it came as a half-grown tree. Right, like a good-sized tree. So it's, what, about yeah. eight or ten feet tall then? Oh, no, higher than that. It's, oh, okay. It's, it's towering over the garage. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, yep. Yeah, might be a very good idea. Two things, a deep root feed and some um, proper pruning. If it's that kind of a size, there's no question. Two hard winters really, you know, wreaked havoc on some of the more tender plants. Uh, we yes. did just have a caller. I'm not sure if you heard from Wyoming, Ontario, near Sarnia. Mark called about his red bud where about a third of it had died over the, the winter. And, of course, Toronto is that much cooler than the Sarnia area. Area. And yes, there is dead that that needs to be removed. And once it's removed, then the, a plant of that size should be properly pruned for balance and shape and, you know, st- structural um, damage, you know, making sure it's, it's structurally sound. So and deep root feeding is a great idea uh, because and this is the time to do it. OK, thank you. And I just heard half of his call, mm-hmm. uh, the, the guy from Sarnia with yeah. the red bud. 
because I was busy trying to dial through. <laughs> well, I'm yeah. glad you made it. Well, his is a, quite a bit smaller than yours, and his is a shrub as opposed to yours, which is a tree. Yes. Okay, but thanks. lovely, lovely plants. And and yes. if anybody's thinking about, you know, a red bud, we, we yes, saw some in High that. Park, didn't oh, we? Oh, man, yeah. And, and they're so unusual because the flowers are right against the bark. Uh, and they're, yes. they come out before the leaves do. And, uh, and it's like a Christmas lights. Neon. It's almost neon. Yeah, the light. pink is so bright. Oh, and beautiful. it's like little miniature Christmas lights. They're so yep. bright and so tight against the bark. So... If you, if anybody's thinking about this plant, remember a sheltered location, shelter from the northwest direction where the cold winter wind really, really, you know, causes problems for the for that plant. Uh, think about southeastern locations if you're thinking about that plant. Pretty well anywhere in Ontario. <laughs> Okay. okay. Thanks, Thanks, Rochelle. Thank you. Thanks, Rochelle. Take care of Creamore and have one for me. Uh, <laughs> or two. <laughs> okay, or two. Yeah. Uh, let me just repeat the phone numbers here. 416-360-0740. That's for Toronto area listeners. Anywhere else in the province, toll free, one 866 740 740. And for those of you who are a little reluctant, like our, our friend Heather there in Ballantrae, by all means, here uh, is uh, the... Uh, uh, email uh, address for Charlie. Mm-hmm. It's C. Dot Dobbin, that's D O B B I N, at mzmedia.com. Don't be shy about sending a little note or two, okay? And we have to send ourselves off. And to, Frank will answer your notes. I will. <laughs> yeah. Help, Charlie. That's F what I'll be sending. Dot I'll CC you. <laughs> We're going to be back in just a moment here on Zoomer Radio. <laughs> Don't change the radio station. Just because the weather changes, garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And here we are on The Garden Show, AM 740, and saying hi to Tracy in Coburg. Good morning, Tracy. Good morning. How are you guys? Great. Excellent. Good morning. Good. Listen, what I've called you for is I've got a spirea on my property and I don't know how old it is but I can tell you it's a good 25 years old and uh-huh. it's always bloomed and everything else and and I moved away from the house for a while and somebody else living there and of course nobody likes your plants as much as you do mm-hmm. so it's kind of gone bye-byes but mm-hmm. it's I noticed this year that it's I'm going to say it's probably about seven or eight feet tall like it's a it's not in the shrub thing. It's just an individual one standing. Yeah. Um, and the top third of it is full of leaves, and now it's full of blooms and all that kind of stuff. Mm. But the bottom of it is just very sparse. It's not dead, obviously, but it's very sparse, and there's just few leaves. I want to know how far down I can cut that. With mm. I mean, if I kill it, I kill it because it's really not a lot <laughs> at this point. But because it looks ridiculous. Uh, but how far down can I get it to kind of force the growth to the bottom? Okay, so let's just clarify. I think you have what's called a bridal wreath spirea, so it's got the white flowers. Yes, And it's correct. blooming now. Right. And they are 
different from all the other spireas, all the, the little Anthony waterers and the ones that bloom with the pink blooms. And those, the pink blooming ones, we can just basically give them a haircut and do that every spring or every fall and you're good to go. Bridal wreath spirea, the best, most effective way to prune it is not to give it a haircut at all. Oh. Instead, and you could do this right after it finishes flowering, and it is going to be a bit of a job if it's that old of a plant. Yep. So you're going to put on long sleeves and you know long pants because you're going to have to get right down onto the ground with a pair of loppers. You know the bigger you know you've got pruners, but then you've got loppers, which yep. is the next size up. And what you're going to remove from that plant are the oldest stems at ground level. Okay, you and again, you can remove up to a third of the plant. You're going to find that there's going to be some some branch stems that are coming up from the ground that might be as much as four or five inches across. Yeah, and you're going to see a bunch of little new ones coming up as well. In your process of getting out some of the older ones, you're going to, by mistake, you know, damage some of the younger ones. But that process of getting out the old will encourage a whole bunch of new to start to grow from ground level. And before you know it, you're back in business with a good-looking plant so that it'll grow up, it'll it'll weep over, and it'll be covered in flowers. And it should be five, six, seven feet at the most. And it should be green right from the bottom, you know, right to the top. But it always should be allowed to do that arching sort of waterfall thing. Oh, okay. Okay. And if you give it a haircut, you lose the the waterfall effect and you lose a lot of the flowering. Okay. And I do that once it stops blooming. Yep. Yep. That's it. And it'll take you, like I said, you know, give yourself a couple hours because if it's a big old plant, it'll take a bit of time to sort of get in there and get some of these. And by taking out the older stuff, you're going to be taking out the taller stuff. Oh, great. Okay. And that'll bring the size down. Perfect. Thank you. All right. Thank you very much. Good luck with that. Yeah. Have a good day. Thank you. Take care of Colbert. Thank you very much, Tracy. Thank you. Bye-bye. And uh, let's see, we're going all over the countryside. We were just remarking. Mm-hmm. Look at all the, the areas we've touched. Mississauga, Oakville, Scarborough, Wyoming. Uh, back Creamore, to Coburg. Yeah. I know. Kitchener. And now Kitchener. we're off to Kitchener. Nice. Karen. Hello, Karen. Hi. Good morning. Morning. Thank you for taking my call, and I enjoy the show. Well, thank, thank you. Okay. So I have two... Um, uh, rows of Sharon bushes in my front yard. Mm-hmm. They're west-facing. And over the winter, I think the rabbits or the squirrels made a feast of them. Mm. They've eaten off all the bark. Ooh, yep. And now they're not um, sprouting. They might not be alive. Is the bark Was the bark chewed off all the way around the stems? Yes, I'm seeing white. Yeah, that's what we call girdling, and rabbits likely did that. Um, yeah. They do get hungry enough in those long, long winters that they do start chewing the bark. Mm-hmm. Um, w- what you could do, like they, the plants may have died, but then again, rows of Sharon are always very slow to, to get growing anyway. Mm-hmm. You could go out with your pruners and do some pruning back to buds or, you know, little bumps on the stems. And if it is alive, the plant will start to pop. You'll also know in that pruning, you'll be able to see, is this live wood? Is it nice white pith? Is the center of the branches white? Or is it got a real brown or, or yellow or, or dead look to it? Uh, and it, frankly, when a plant is girdled, it often does die. So then you may need to replace them. And then you will <laughs> oh, yeah. protect them in the future with oh. chicken wire in the fall. 
Okay. Yeah. Or there's um, there's tree guards that on a younger plant we use like the white plastic spiral tree guard, and they work fine up up until the plant gets to a caliper that's more than about two inches across. Then you need to start doing a little bit of chicken wire wrap, uh, just beyond the the stem, and it, you have to go high enough so that if we get three feet of snow, the rabbits are still not able to touch the bark. Well, we did do a little bit of pruning earlier on, mm-hmm. and the like the, the, the tiny little branches, mm-hmm. they seem to be sturdy enough, and they do have that white center. Oh, good. Okay. So, yes, yeah, so you've done a little bit of pruning. I mean, I mean, look around. Do you know of other rows of Sharon in your neighborhood is, that you remember from the past where you could see, are they starting to look green yet? Because here in Toronto, uh, we are starting to see a bit of green on the rows of Sharon that is alive. We're starting to see the buds, uh, and which is not to say they're in full leaf yet, but the live wood and the dead wood is fairly obvious now. Very good. Okay. Well, thanks for your help. All right. Thanks, and good luck with that. Thank you. Thanks, Karen. Uh, joining us here on The Garden Show from Markham, Wilma. Good morning, Wilma. Hello, Wilma. Hello. Good morning. Good, good morning. morning. Good morning. I have um, two beautiful orchids mm-hmm. full of blooms, and I'm wondering if I can replant them because they're in very small pots. Mm-hmm. The roots have all grown up yeah. around, the, the, around the plant, as uh-huh. usual. And I do have the cedar chips and everything in it, but I'm wondering now if I can put them into bigger pots. Yeah, and you know what? Use clay pots, and even better yet, use actual orchid pots. In, you're in the Markham area. You could go. There's a Sheridan Nurseries right there on Highway 7 yes. near Warden. They have all the supplies you need. They have the proper pots. And if you needed orchid bark, they have orchid bark, which is not cedar chips. It is more. It is fur bark from yes. fir trees. Yes, that's what okay. I have. Good. I do have the orchid chips. Yeah, or just cl- at terracotta pots. Avoid plastic whenever possible with orchids. Oh, great. Those little I- roots need to breathe. Right. And can I do that now? Sure, with, perfect with time. Full of blooms. You're right. It, um, the problem is some orchids are so happy, they, they, they kind of never stop blooming. That's <laughs> right. Yeah, well, these are, are very happy because they never stop blooming. I know. Exactly. I have an orchid that, I mean, I, you know, I've killed a lot of orchids in my <laughs> life, but I have one that I really seem to have learned the tricks with, and it has been blooming now for months, and it just continues to bloom. So I, don't touch it. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, so you're right. Is this the optimal time? But really, spring is the best time to repot. So, you know, yeah. If you're going to do it, this would be the time. Yeah, that's right. right. If, you're, if you're convinced you want to do the repotting, I would repot with the flowers attached, though right. horticulturally you should remove the flowers, and who could ever do that? But you right. should remove the flowers when repotting. Right. Yeah. Well, thank you very much. Okay. All right, Wilma. I thought I'd go down and get some proper pots. Yeah, oh, good idea. Yeah. Thank you very much. Thank, thank you. you. Have a wonderful weekend. Thank you for thank joining you. us here on Zoomer Radio. And matter of fact, we have to take a little bit of a break, but we are coming back to chat more with our listeners. Your listeners, Charlie. Mm-hmm. I'm along for the ride. No yes, indeed. All righty. Uh, we'll be back in just a moment here at AM740. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than we we do realize. And should little creatures become a big problem? Well, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. In the remaining minutes of the show, let's uh, check in with, uh, well, hey, somebody calling from Toronto right now. Oh, my. Right around the corner, probably. Hmm. Elaine, good morning and welcome oh. to the show. Oh, good morning, Charlie. How are you? Uh, we're very well. Good morning. Good morning. Okay, problem with our garlic. Hmm. We have about... Uh, 
over 100 plants. Mm-hmm. We've successfully um, uh, had garlic every year, but this year uh, the scapes haven't formed, and um, my husband dug out a couple yesterday, and it doesn't seem to have a bulb. Uh, well, <clears throat> my, do you have green leaves? They're starting to yellow a bit. Oh, strange. Hmm. Okay, and are you in a really sandy part of Toronto, your soil? No, no, no. It's uh, basically clay, but we've uh, grown garlic successfully over mm-hmm. the years. It's just this year, uh, they're starting to turn yellow. There are no scapes and uh, no bulbs forming. Okay, so I have no scapes on mine yet either. It's, it's still May, right? Okay. So don't worry about the lack of scapes. It's still too early for those. I expect to see them in the next three to four weeks, but okay. nothing yet. Uh, but mine are standing there as, you know, little green plants, uh, as I would expect. So why, So it, when your husband dug it up, he found there didn't appear, well, they came off of a little clove, obviously. They started to grow. So he's just not seeing an enlargement of that bulb yet. No, it's just like a and, getting a green onion. You yeah, know, the head of a green onion? Yeah. And turning yellow. Have you watered at all the garlic this year? Yes, yes, yeah. we've watered it. Have you watered a lot or, or you know what I mean? Because it's been bone dry, so we have had to do some watering. But clay soil certainly does hold the moisture, too. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what? Off the top of my head, I have no reason for why that's happening. Oh. Uh, yet, the one thing that has got me concerned is the turning yellow. They shouldn't be turning yellow. Yeah, they're starting to. The leaves are starting yeah. to turn yellow. Now they could be turning yellow from too much water or not enough water. So be careful oh. not too much because okay. of the clay soil. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Better to err on the side of too little than too much. And in the meantime, if I come up with anything that you know I, I think could be the issue, I will certainly report back next week. Okay. Is it okay? too late for the bulb to uh, form then? No, not at all, because, I mean, it, it is a long process. Those bulbs take, you know, you planted these last fall, right? Right. So the the little pl- cloves we planted just spent the winter underground, you know, fattening up a tiny bit. The, the green leaves that are happening now and the photosynthesis that's happening now is what grows the, the big bulb mm-hmm. at the bottom. And, of course, we wouldn't be harvesting for another two, you know, probably two months, right. uh, six weeks or so. But, yeah, you should, ha- you should see... A there should be a small bulb there now, as far as I know. I haven't ever dug any up at this time of year, but there should be a small bulb now. Well, we just dug them up just to have a piece yeah. to see what was going on. Good idea. turning yellow, so get, mm-hmm. kind of getting discouraged. Yeah, I guess. And no evidence of any tunneling, no insects were uh, boring? No, no, I checked for um, nematodes. Okay, yeah, and there's maggots, too, that'll sometimes go into onions or, or garlic. Yeah, yeah, no, it, it seemed to be clear, at least the couple that he pulled last yeah. night. Okay. Well, let me let me look into it. Off the top of my head, I have nothing to say other than too much water. Okay. So, don't, so be careful. Okay, Elaine. Okay. Thank Thanks. you. Thanks. All right. And we have, well, uh, see what we can do here as far as our callers are concerned. Mm-hmm. Uh, waiting on line from Fergus is Judy. Good morning, Judy. Good morning. Good morning. Um, I have a juga growing in my grass. It's jumped out of the flower bed, mm-hmm. and now it's spread all over the grass. <laughs> Sorry, I'm laughing. But <laughs> oh dear, this wondering doesn't sound how I like... get rid of it. The flower bed is gone. Oh, okay. Ajugas, yeah. there to remind you. Yeah. Uh, okay, so this is where you get yourself a nice bottle of wine, <laughs> and a nice cushion to sit on, and a nice trowel or tool, and you're gonna have to water because the ground is so hard and dry. Mm-hmm. 
And you're going to sit there and you are going to dig up all that ajuga, but you got to get the roots because oh. it will grow back with, if the roots are still there. And yeah, it'll take some time, but once it's gone, it's gone. And then you get some fresh soil and some seed and you fill in that spot with, with the lawn again before anything else can move in. So if I sprayed it with something, I know it will kill the grass. Well, that's right. There is the, um, it's a acetic acid or vinegar-based herbicides that Mm -hmm. should work. You're going to need to spray more than once. Mm -hmm. And you should spray when it's hot and sunny and and the sun is beating down. And when you spray, those plants will turn yellow right before your very eyes. But the roots can survive, so you may have to spray again. You may have to spray twice over 10 days. So what is Uh, the name of a well, Scott's, Scott's EcoSense makes one, and it might be called Pavement Clear because uh, it'll show uh, walkway and mm-hmm. interlocking and little weeds coming up in between the, the uh, bricks. Yeah. And if you look at the active ingredient, it'll say acetic acid, and that's you give it a smell and you smell its vinegar. That's very effective. Okay. Okay. Sounds good. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Okay. Gee whiz. uh, She didn't like my idea of the bottle of wine. I love that idea. (laughs) You have that little bag. She wants to spray. Exactly. I have a backpack. (laughs) She she wants to spray rather than sit outside and uh, and just have her her happy time with her (laughs) wine and her weeding. All right. Well, that works for me anyway. Uh, Next week, special guest, Erin Gurgis, will be joining us. And I believe she's bringing her 15-year-old daughter, Taylor, with oh, her. Oh, well, I'll behave. And, yes, no, you, you get to be yourself, and you can, you know, get on the phone and do your usual <laughs> distraction techniques. And, uh, but um, Aaron well, works so well. It does, you know, really well. Erin is, is here uh, on, on behalf of the Scarborough Bluffs Home and Garden Tour, and we're going to talk about what's coming up on that home and garden tour. Okay, and more details about your uh, Hawaiian trip. Yeah. Next week for sure. My, it's not just mine. It's mine I, and all my friends. Well, I Everybody's going to come. I know. And we're going to start oh. a little uh, pot for, for you to come too. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, Sebastian. You're wonderful. Franklin couldn't do it without you. And all the callers as well. See you all again next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.